For those of you that are just tuning in, I'm once again here at the uh, highly fortified compound, hanging out with my good friend Sam. It's been a while since we've done a podcast. I'm going to be handing Sam his microphone shortly. We got the portable unit uh, to do this today. It's uh, it's always fun, you know. Uh, when I come over here, Sam, uh, thank you so much for being on the show with us. Hey, good seeing you. <laughs> you know, Sam. Uh, I, you know, I've been away. Uh, I've spent a little bit of time in in. Nevada uh, at Battlefield Vegas and uh, people down in Battlefield you know what you like the people of Battlefield don't you people yeah 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 well I I can tell you right now uh, they treat us well when we're down there Uh, they're totally professional the safety protocol in that place is like top flight Uh, seeing military service personnel uh, take care of the public you know uh, again you know in a a much more normal environment uh, is really a pleasure to see but I mean you, you you've been down to Battlefield Vegas you've dealt with some of the boys and girls down there before yes Oh, the the times you can have there, and the way they treat you, it's yeah. unbelievable. Yeah, they they treat everybody like they're somebody. Yeah, not just yeah. a customer. They treat you with I don't know. I guess when you're that free, you spread it like peanut butter. Yeah, you know what? I think I think if I had the pleasure of you know. Uh, treating the public to the excitement connected oh, yeah. to you know shooting fully automatic firearms i think i'd go to work with a smile on my face every day too i mean who wouldn't want to work at battlefield vegas yeah when you put that many smiles on people's faces it it gives you a certain feeling you know what I mean? absolutely well, you see the brothers that we have at uh, urban tactical you see how they're like oh yeah how they feel well imagine stepping that up a few more and i yeah. can't see why we can't have that in our little uh, Las Vegas that we call Niagara Falls. We'd have Americans coming over. We'd have everybody coming over. And we had, if we had it running 24 hours a day. Oh, God. Uh, I think, it, and if it was run by people like us uh, and trusted individuals, I think, uh, <sighs> think we could probably make some people happy, too. And we'd get a lot of people. Because how, pe- how many people were there where you were there? Oh, well, there, there was never a, uh, a, a slow moment. Uh, yeah. It was never overcrowded, but they, they always managed very carefully uh, the people going onto the range. And it's, uh, it's very, uh, a very hands-on approach to supervision uh you you know you are dealing with potentially very dangerous items but in that controlled environment where people are there to have a good time uh you know it it really is a safe place danger isn't there it's the fun yeah you you can sense the oh let's have some fun like oh and and you think that you know it's not for everybody but you know my uh my friend's a nurse yeah and she's anti-firearm and for their wedding they went got married in las vegas you know where did they go after the wedding Shooting. Oh, yeah. And it's, she's a nurse, and she deals, and she kind of was not really, she's kind of not an anti-gun, told, but just not her thing, right? E- but there she is, with her, her husband's filming her, she's got this big <laughs> smile on her face, that's it, she said, was that fun, honey? Oh, I love it, she says. I, You know what, I know, it's 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 fantastic. I, I'm seeing people, you know, middle-aged people, I'm seeing young people, uh, you know, you, you can definitely see a really broad cross-section oh, yeah. uh, of the public coming through there. I call there. it popping the cherry. Oh, and yeah. I think in 2020, I think we're going to try to... I'm thinking and try to pop as many cherries as possible. I think I'm actually going to have. I think it sounds so start. dirty when you say it like that. Uh, it is in a sense, but it's not meant. To, it's meant to, that's what it feels like when you fire one for the first time. It is. It it is it's like. Why it, haven't I done this before? Well, I, you know, I, I don't think I ever saw anybody coming out of Battlefield Vegas with anything less than a total uh, gigantic oh, smile. smile on their face. Yeah, like, and I mean, there were a lot of giggles. There were a lot of guys holding targets, girls holding targets. Well, isn't it called the full auto giggle? Yeah, well, yeah, you know, the, the, the fun switch, the giggle switch, you know, is, is the fabled, you know, item that, uh, you know, differentiates, uh, you know, semi-automatic firearms that are readily available in Canada and millions of people use them every day uh, with 
with, you know, fully automatic guns. And that's something that the government has taken the time to try and blur the lines, uh, so to speak. Uh, in, in the eyes of the public, they keep talking about military-grade firearms. And, I mean, if you've been around military-grade firearms, you realize the difference very quickly. And, you know, the liberal government would have us believing that, you know, we have access to military-grade, you know, fully automatic <laughs> firearms. I could tell you it only takes one pull of the trigger at Battlefield Vegas to know the difference. But you got to remember these guys that are saying these things have probably never even owned or fired a pellet gun. Oh, yeah. The guys that are making these laws. That's a silly oh. thing. I, I do believe there there is a lady up in uh, northern Ontario in the Renfrew area. She's a PC candidate, and mm -hmm. she's uh, uh, touting something across about telling them that the people that are going to make these laws, why don't they take the PAL course so they oh, yeah. can see what it's like? Yeah. You can see, because if you're going to drive a bus, you might as well know where the ignition is yeah. and the steering wheel and the brakes and the gas, right? Well, you know, to, to have an idea of what it actually uh, takes at least you, yeah. you know just just you know a little glimmer into the uh, you know highly regulated world of legal firearm ownership in Canada you know they, they should at least go through the motions of getting their license even if they don't want it I, I think it would be a requirement uh, like to understand that this is not a piece of paper that gets handed to people uh, for doing nothing like I mean you have to demonstrate clearly that you're you know intelligent responsible and safe and you have a history of, of being that way and and you know I totally am down with, you know, looking back into people's uh, histories in order to determine who should have firearms and who should not. I don't think there's anybody in the legal firearm community that wants to see a bad guy with a gun. Uh, we, we, we want uh, the public to see us for what we really are, which is a group of people, a large group of people, a large, fast-growing group of people that are totally responsible and safely possess and operate firearms, uh, both in control conditions and not. This is the way it's been for, you know, well over a century. Uh, hell. Shit, I, I would say that from the creation of guns in Canada, like the two were hand in hand. If you lived in Canada, you were uh, going to become familiar with firearms because, I mean, in addition to having to hunt down your food, you would have to defend yourself against uh, very large animals. And this is something I wanted to discuss with you because I, I figured you would uh, have a great take on this. If you're, if you don't understand the strong heritage connected to. Uh, firearm ownership and operation and, and and things like predator defense uh you know, with firearms. I mean, that's Canada. Because, I mean, there's a lot of parts of Canada outside the cities where you encounter uh, wildlife and it's either damaging to your livestock or potentially, you know, a danger to your life. And I, I, I watched, you know, a friend of mine, he's out in uh, Nova Scotia, and I look at the, you know, the areas, um, you know, where he takes his kids and stuff. And, 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 and so many Canadians, you know, live in the country and, you know, can enjoy the beauty uh, of nature out there. But with it comes along some risks. And, I mean, that's that's something that you know when you live outside the cities that, you know, you might have to deal with coyotes. If you want to leave your kids outside, that could be potentially dangerous. Um, you know, if you're making a living off of raising livestock and it's being, you know, destroyed by animals that are being, you know, pushed around into your areas uh, <clears throat> that, that will, you know, pillage you know your uh, you know your inventory so to speak of of animals and it, it, it can cost a lot of money if you can't control certain species I, I think probably one of the uh, greatest threats that Canada faces silently 
is apparently there's a, uh, a movement of these uh, boars, these wild feral hogs coming up from the U.S. and they're known to destroy crops in mass and create real problems for any uh, geographic area they come into and they breed like rabbits and, you know, they got a real problem. It's it's moving up into Canada. And some got loose from farms. Well, and yeah, where problems were that some of them had to game farms, and also some feral pigs too. Yeah, well, we're we're talking about like you know, uh, three hundred pound locusts, and and they, they eat get bigger. Yeah, you know what, and and so, you know, I'm not I'm not a hunter. Like you know, like you and I have had our conversations about this stuff, Sam. And I mean, I lo- I love the contribution that hunters make, um, you know, to our firearm community and to the environment. More importantly, they are the single biggest contributors to the environment out there and I mean I think to anybody that would malign hunters as these bloodthirsty animals uh, that, that kill for sport I could tell you right now that the total opposite is true anybody that pushes that that storyline on you and says that hunters are you know uh, wild animals and I, I saw it you know like a Twitter feed comment where a guy says you know we should make it legal to take out hunters and you know it should be considered taking out the trash i mean like to perpetuate that kind of you know image that we're bloodthirsty monsters and to think it's okay to talk to us like that is so wrong it's it's so terribly wrong hunters hunters are the brave men and women that actually do that thing that that many of us don't want to do which is uh shoot another animal or you know take another animal's life by some means and eat it which is a long, you know, there's a long history of that in Canada, and hunting is a very normal part of nature, and, uh, you know, there's a lot of money that gets generated as a result of hunting, both in the industry and uh, through tags, uh, you know, all the all the things that come along with the hunting community and the money it brings uh, into our country because we have uh, some of the best hunting in the world is in Canada. And, uh, you know, United States, you know it. We got some really cool things up here. And, you know, it's totally normal for human beings to hunt animals uh, for food. And it's totally an ethical way uh, of ending an animal's life when you compare it to raising it in, you know, stalls and not allowing it to move and then, you know... Uh, you know, questionable um, death in terms of its level of dignity. Uh, I think that to go out there and to give an animal an opportunity, uh, you know, to, to call it in, uh, to, to engage in the practice of hunting, which is as old as time, uh, I think is an amazing part of Canadian culture. And I think we would be amiss if we didn't tip our hats to the hunters that, that make such an enormous contribution, uh, you know, to, to Canada. And uh, recently, we've seen a lot of the hunting community coming alive uh, to the defense of all the black rifle owners out there and all the people that might be targeted uh, as a result of uh, the potential upcoming bans. I'm really seeing a gigantic effort coming forward. Uh, Ducks Unlimited, kind of disappointing to hear about what went on there. Uh, I understand that they're... That's hard to understand that they say they... Well, what they say. It was just hard to swallow. Well, you know, uh, for those of you that haven't uh, heard behind us, when you have when you well, have a group like that that we've been supporting and, yeah. and funding, like firearms. Remington and Winchester people have been sending them funds for years. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And actually making a fund <clears throat> with their name on it, like yeah. a special lunch. So that's yeah. disappointing for us. But. Well, very. And as and, and as I sip on my chaka, uh, and and for those of you that have never had this before, I I I'd never heard of it, but uh, apparently chaka is a root. Uh, found about what two thousand kilometers away from here, Sammy. Actually, further. Red further. Red. Red. Well, we get to Ear Falls, then we travel further north, so quite a few hours. So, I'd say probably twenty-four hundred kilometers, twenty-three hundred from here. Ooh. 
Try it wow. out on uh, try it out on your Google Maps or on your phone. And <laughs> look from where you are. Type okay, in, uh, so falls and it'll okay, tell you. Okay, so so you're you're collecting this route from about two thousand kilometers away, and uh, you know I, I I always was you know a little leery. You know, Sam says I made you something and pours it in a glass, and it comes out of a wine bottle, and I'm thinking, well, is it alcoholic? I've got to drive today. And he looks at me and says, no, 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 no. This is this is just like a tea. And, you know, he makes with this root after he shaves it, uh, steeps a, you know, an enormous vat, I'm sure, of tea to, to fill big bottles like this. Uh, but it's amazing. It's like a cleanse. Uh, you know, I definitely, it's refreshing, but it tastes like water with, uh, you know, something else. And it, it's not, it's not, yeah, yeah, it's really, it's really cool. I, I'm it actually like it. It back to nature when you sip it. Yeah, and for and for people out there that think that we're going to start bottling this stuff and, and calling it the Canadian Gumball Chaka uh, mix, I don't know. Well, it's up. People are trying to market it. But it might, you know what? With I, I could see with maybe a little bit, you know, a little splash of syrup and uh, maybe a high quality uh, vodka. It might be it might be a great bar drink. You know, perhaps we could throw an olive in there or something. I don't know. Well, you feel it. You feel it as you drink it. You actually feel it in your mind. It's it's refreshing. I I must admit, you know, and every time I uh, visit Sam here in the compound. I find myself surprised by the number of things I, I don't know uh, anything about. And, and this is one of them. Uh, really, truly a great experience. Thank you for sharing that with me. And, uh, okay, so let's get back to the hunters because I want to talk about Ducks Unlimited for a second. You're not off the hook yet, Ducks Unlimited. I almost, I almost thought for a second that, you know, I was going to not address this issue, but I think I, I've got to do it. Obviously, there's government money coming into Ducks Unlimited, and their first uh, priority is to preserve the wetlands. Uh, I totally understand it may be business, but uh, you may not have a business uh, following, you know, the, the end of firearm culture. Uh, if you don't get behind us now, uh, certainly people are uh, raising eyebrows now, uh, and to hear you say that you're going to stay uninvolved in a neutral party and all this has got people wondering. But uh, beyond that, you know, you really do some great things. We'd like to see that continue. Uh, you know, certainly legal firearm owners have thrown in uh, their fair share of support towards your cause. And uh, their placement on the, uh, oh, what is that? <laughs> you know, what is it? Is it the fish? Fish are making noise. Fish are making noise again. Yeah, you know, Sam at the compound. He also has, you know, a, a large aquarium that will uh, occasionally house fish that are capable of knocking on the glass. <laughs> you know, I I, I I wonder one day when I'm going to see a shark swim by. You know, like well, you'll see the eel slip. Oh yeah, I I, I get I, I, more eel. I, you know, I I love I love you know uh, just going up to take a look and uh, seeing something come out of the rocks. Uh, from behind the viewing glass, the compound truly is a fascinating place. But uh, you know, what? I want I want to get back though uh, to the hunters and thanking them for the contributions again that they make uh, to our community. Thank you so much for getting behind our cause. Uh, to everybody that's signed uh, and confirmed their email from the e petition that's been circulating, number twenty three forty one. And please check your junk mail folder. Yeah, that's check the one thing that we're finding yeah. errors with that. If yeah. you don't check your junk mail folder, it's you're it's not going to go through properly you're not yeah like i mean not, but wa acknowledge watch watching it grow though you can tell people are getting on board i, I encourage every canadian to sign this petition because well, it's not just not see that's a problem we're we're just focusing on the firearm community yeah. i think i have to tell my friends hey you guys want to come shooting you might want to sign this petition too because it yeah you may because what happens yeah. like i'm going to tell you a story about a friend of mine you're talking about hunters and other stuff and things yeah. like that yeah, i yeah. wanted to bring this in a little earlier but you know i had a musician friend of mine that 
got tired of living around all this hustle and bustle and moved further, further north. Like he bought a place and liked it so much that he went even further north. Yeah. Well, he gets on his bicycle to go out to go get his mail. Mm -hmm. And I get a call from him. He says, Sam, how do I get my gun license? Yeah. I said, what? Why are you asking for your gun license? You're, you know. Yeah. You know, and he's our kind of our version of Bruce Coburn, Mr. Mello, you know, one nice. where the lions are kind of guy. Yeah. And uh, so I'm thinking this is kind of weird. My friends call me for a gun license. Yeah. And they go, what do you mean? Like, what the heck do you need, need a gun license for? Yeah. Like, you've always been Mr. Friendly about it. You know, you've yeah. never, you know, I've even after you, after you said it's not your thing. Offered to take out shooting. Yeah. You said just not your thing. Okay, yeah. well. You know, well, but, your but, kind of music isn't my thing either. He just gave me a strange look. But uh, he told me, he goes, uh, well, he went to go get mail in the morning on his bicycle, and he was kind of in his shorts yeah, and pedals down there, yeah. thinking, you know, no one's around, no one's going to see me. Yeah. And uh, he told me he seen a mama bear, or he seen a baby bear. Oh. He thought, oh, cool. He went to look at it. Oh. You know, Oh, shit. You know, he just Took slowed down his bike to look at it, and yeah. little did he know, Mama was behind him, letting him know that he should stay away from her little Ooh. baby because mamas are protective yeah. out there because they have to be because they, you know, it is the wildlife, right? Yeah. You know, I and so he decides to start running, oh, riding his bike as fast as he can. We finds out that it's not fast enough, so he throws the bike at the bear oh. and runs more. And I go, "What are you? Why are you running?" He says, "Cause I don't have a gun." Yeah. And I'm like, okay. That, that simplifies. Okay, now I understand. Oh, oh. oh why, why are you oh. running? Because I don't have a gun. Okay. You, you. Sorry, I had to figure that out myself. But. You know, uh, I'll, I'll tell you, I I love listening to your story, Sam, because you know what? You never know what's going to come out of your mouth next. This is a good one. Okay, so takeaways from this experience. Um Regular people are starting to clue in that if you live far enough out in the country, you will encounter wildlife that may try and take your life and eat you. Uh, every every camper's worst nightmare, every uh, hiker's worst nightmare, any outdoorsman's worst nightmare, any outdoors person, uh, you know, you know, because so many women be are getting aware. out there too. Yeah, you know what? If you're going to be out in the wild in Canada, you better have a gun and and or you a bear know, banger. or or a bear banger or some method of defense because the wildlife is out there. And, and this is something that you know, I think a lot of people fail to understand about legal firearm ownership here in Canada. There's there's a reason for the licensing. Not everybody should have a gun. Uh, we get that. And it works very well, the system that's currently in place. I, I can tell you right now that a lot of people still live out in, you know, uh, areas where they will encounter wildlife. And, you know, you could be out with your kids, uh, you know, camping. And you could encounter uh, totally by accident, uh, you know, a, a baby bear that's maybe wandered off a little too far from mama. And or, you know, by some miracle, uh, you managed to stay uh, you know, out of the scent of, of, of the mama bear until, of course, you know, somebody woke up uh, in the morning and now you've got, you know, yourself between you and mama bear. And things can get real wild real fast after that. Like, I mean, um, these are wild animals, folks. In some cases, they weigh hundreds and hundreds of pounds. And, you know, if you can imagine, you know, if a small horse had 300 teeth, pounds of muscle coming at you. You know, yeah. You know, like... It, Angry it, it, muscle. Yeah. These are not domesticated animals, and, and they don't they don't necessarily kill because they want to. Uh, a lot of them can, you know, attack out of fear and, and or if you find yourself, again, uh, between a mother and her cub, um, you know... Of, of many different kinds of animals too, by the way, folks. I mean, you can run into wolves. Uh, there's coyotes. There's even even you know, uh, deer can be I've dangerous. Got a video that I'm gonna share to you. You can show our people. Yeah. Right. 
that yeah. uh, it is dangerous out there. there it there's is. Giga- no, there's this wolf I want to show you. The yeah. size of this wolf yeah. is enormous. I haven't seen a wolf this big. At first, it looked like a bear. It's like it's like some mutated Harry Potter thing. It's a big, big okay. wolf. No, I wouldn't say. Well, I don't know. I, right. well, I, it, I, let's not go into the movie industry, but this is pretty large. When it, I show you this, and the guy goes out there with his dog, there's a story yeah. about it. And I don't know. I think it's in the U.S., mm. but it is a big wolf, and they're getting bigger. And, they, uh, and you know. Well, you know what? They, well, if they keep getting closer to the uh, areas of the city where they they can no, eat whatever they want. Our city's closer to right? their home. We're, true, true. <laughs> you know, like I. Well, that's and and that's something that you know. I, I'm just gonna. I'm just just going to finish up this thought. God knows I get accused of not doing that very often, but um, you know, I, I think people need to understand that you know you could be taking your garbage out and encounter a bear. Oh, you know, one. I can show you a video of moose, a guy going out there to, to go put his garbage out, yeah. and all of a sudden he walks out and he sees a moose coming at him. The moose like, "Hey, you! What are you doing in my yeah, my, yeah. Like, this is my house?" Oh. He had to close himself in the garbage shed. Mm. That's right. Seen that one. That's right. I just I watched that one. That's that's another great one. Introduce this if you haven't seen that clip yet. I mean, it's it's a moose, and it's not, it's a one horned moose. Ooh. Yeah, you make that. You, I tell you, 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 yeah. So like, basically, basically, you know, the moose is deciding to pass on through, and it's a wild animal. And even though it's a moose and it's not really a predator, it, it can be very dangerous, weighing in at upwards of you know. Well, you can get you can get boosted a thousand pounds, right? Oh yeah, and poop in your pants is not a good defense. Yeah, you know. So, and I mean, and remember, folks, uh, for a lot of Canadians, the police are hours away. So, you know, you got that important meeting. Uh, you know, some people out there will argue all oh, the, the things life's more important than the important meeting. Yeah, but at least if you had a gun, you know, you could fire a shot. Well, in, that's that's yeah. The thing. See, we're not advocating shooting the animal. That's one thing I want. We should get clear here is that because we know we're saying from our perspective that we would fire two or three warning shots before we'd actually have to fire a lethal shot. Oh, yeah. The first will let them say, okay, I can't mess with you. Yeah. The bear will just look at you and turn away and just... You know... That's uh, the uh, grunt you'll hear. is like a, oh, it'll sound like that. It'll sound like... Yeah. Just like that. It's a low tone. It's like, oh. Oh, so you know... Oh, you know, around. oh I, yeah. I've heard the sound, right? Yeah. That's when they realize, okay, I shouldn't mess with you. Okay, all right. Well, sound, and sometimes it doesn't <laughs> take much. It just takes you picking your bicycle up. Yeah, yeah. Your bicycle or just yeah. making yourself look big. But you know, it's pretty you tough to make noise. It's pretty tough to look. It's pretty tough to look big, you know, in front of a moose. You know, if you've ever, it, and folks, the bear was bigger. <laughs> you know, if you've ever been close enough to a moose, you realize, you know, how much larger they are than you know horses. Yeah, Daniel Boone was a man, right? He's a really Ooh, big man. <laughs> un- unbelievably large animals. Uh, in some cases, like they're just like they look like again dinosaurs. Uh, you know, to have a firearm on hand to deal with that, whether it be fire a shot in the air, you know, um, to not have to wait for the police to arrive to help you, uh, you know, your wife could be out or your husband could be out uh, taking out the garbage and, you know, a bear could get between it and, you know, him, it in the house. And, you know, to have a firearm around is important. And most importantly, and I think this is something that is quite often missed because of that fact, because so many Canadians rely on firearms for their own personal safety as it relates to predator defense uh, you know, uh, maintaining their livestock, um, you know, dealing with potential threats. Uh, use of firearms is, is, I mean, it's a daily occurrence uh, for Canadians. I truly believe that the modern sporting rifle, the, a modern semi-automatic rifle, like, you know, the AR-15s and many of the guns that they're thinking about banning, uh, which we've legally owned for years with no problem, I might add, but those, those types of guns, modern guns, 
you know, modern guns, uh, people should be afforded the opportunity to defend their families, their loved ones, uh, their livestock, um, you know, their own lives with a, a modern, reliable platform. You know, technology advances. Guns are not guns or guns. I mean, there's old versions of guns that didn't function very well. They weren't very reliable. They weren't very easy to maintain. Um, you know, um, I, I can tell you that modern firearms are reliable. And, it, you know, it's, it's important that people understand that. So if you're using firearms for things like predator defense and making sure that you don't go bankrupt because predators are continuously taking your uh, livestock away, but people that are forced into those positions should have reliable, um, modern options, you know, and I, I call it the modern sporting rifle. I really do think that the modern sporting rifle uh, that is being used commonly all over North America, are, are certainly our rules are much different than the United States, but here in Canada, uh, we use them very responsibly. They're very restricted. Everybody knows where they are and uh, their movement is controlled and there really isn't any need to ban those things and, and they know it. But uh, for the people out there that use those types of firearms, mo you know, modern firearms like the, you know, the Stag 10, uh, certainly like the Maccabee Defense uh, now and, and other, you know, companies like it. Uh, you know, when I say that uh, people out there would like to use a modern sporting rifle they can trust uh, to defend their lives and, and, and again, their property, um, you know, to actually go through the trouble of getting your license and jumping through all the necessary hoops to make that possible reference checks, background checks, you know, uh, history check. I mean, uh, talking to, you know, former partners, uh, these red flag laws, did you hear about that? There's, there's red flag laws. Yeah, red yeah you know, apparently uh, there was an announcement made by either Billy Blair or the Liberal government uh, indicating that they were going to be instituting these red flag laws, which, of course, uh, is the exact same verbiage being used in the United States. Uh, I, I neglect sometimes to mention to people that we're in the exact same fight as our U.S. counterparts. The same movement that is pushing to take away their guns is pushing to take away ours as well. They're actually using the same language. Um, you know, if you watch the news as closely as I do, you see it very clearly, but um, we've got these red flag laws they're claiming that they want to institute, which already exist. Again, yeah, you know, the one eight hundred line, they have that. You know, yeah, like when 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 you're um, when you call into the CFO, you can report, you know, um, occurrences or concerns. I mean, it, it's it's all there. And and whenever there's a domestic, I can tell you from uh, being a police officer, uh, anytime there's firearms involved, uh, police uh, services are on high alert. Everything is being done possible to keep people safe, uh, which is one of the reasons why you know the um, the criminal use is so low uh, amongst legal gun owners. There, there really has never been. Uh, uh, any need to punish the legal owners and all this, and I think they know that. Which none has no bearings at all because yeah. it's, we all know, and and the, some of the officers will say that that they don't know why they want to try to ban firearms from legal owners when firearms are already illegal on the street. They hmm. are illegal. They the laws that they're trying to put are already they're in even place. Used. They're in place. They're they, even they, used, they, so. Yeah, the, yeah. So. You know, you got a government that seemingly just wants to take away people's property. It begs the question, why? Uh, I think everybody knows that there's going to be absolutely zero benefit uh, to public safety by doing so. I, I think I definitely believe that hearing John Tory get up on stage and say that 80 to 84 percent of uh, you know the firearms that are being used in crimes are being obtained illegally was a big step forward. Uh, you know that RCMP report certainly helped out quite a bit. Um, 
you know, hearing, uh, hearing, you know, Robert Carver, uh, constable, uh, Bobby Carver out in, uh, uh, Manitoba, you know, when he, when he spoke or sorry, Winnipeg, um, when, when he spoke and said there was absolutely no added benefit to public safety by adding another needless layer of, of firearm legislation. Uh, these are not the people committing the crimes. This will have zero impact. I'm, uh, you know, I'm a 27-year veteran of my service, and I can tell you right now that there's absolutely no benefit you know, uh, punishing good law-abiding Canadians. And, you know, I would add to that that, you know, uh, uh, in a time when we're... <sighs> Spending money hand over fist, they're about to use six hundred million, which is the conservative estimate. It's probably going to be six billion before we're done. They have always been guilty uh, as liberals of fudging the numbers, and I think that we're well, they looking have to make it digestible. Right? Oh, you know what? It's it's six hundred million. Pfft, who are we kidding? It's we. It's a lot more than we thought. You know, we're improving public safety. Let's burn up some more money. Like I mean, honestly, this government seems to want to just throw it in big giant piles. Uh, you know, and, and, and set it on make, fire. Every law they make feeds the element. It mm. feeds the criminal element in many different ways because it makes criminals realize that, like, you know, the last law, the, the firearm law that came about some time ago that uh, after that sparked home invasions all over the place. Well, you know, you know what? Because it gave them the thought that no one has a firearm. The firearms have to be locked up. So they think, well, then we can do whatever we want. Yeah, you it know, strengthens a criminal element. I think it's well. You know what? It definitely fuels, uh, potentially fuels the black market. And I, I, I you know, helps. I yeah. criticize, I criticize the Canadian government on an ongoing basis for, uh, you know, failing to see the dangers and things. I spent twenty years people keeping people safe, and I can tell you, I see a, a huge deficiency in in kind of the level of interest that this government displays in taking precautions. Um, you know, there's there's a laundry list of things. I could get into, but right now, you know, we're focused on guns. I can tell you that there is a potential risk if you look to take uh, firearms from people, uh, property. You know, let's forget that it's firearms for a second. Property, legally owned property, and they had to obtain it after getting licensing uh, that would be far greater than getting a driver's license for a car. So just if you can look back, you know, to how how much it took to get your driver's license, there's a lot more involved in that. You have to take well, safety training courses. Yeah, you have on your person. Yeah. That proves that you're not a criminal. Yeah. You ask anybody, anybody else in Canada doesn't have anything in there, doesn't have a form of identification that proves they're not a criminal, unless yeah. they have a bonded certificate or something like that or anything. Yeah, but just, just like for a card that's in your wallet, it's kind of like an instant badge of good citizenry. Like, I mean, More or less, it, because you have to be in order to, to acquire a, yeah. a firearms license. You have to be above and beyond the, the average person, I find, because of things that you... Well, you think about it. When we were kids, yeah. when we had our firearms license, yeah. all of a sudden we became a more responsible person because we realized, well, we can't get in trouble. We can't. We have to be cool. We, we became a different person. I think we matured at that point. When I got my restricted license, all of a sudden it came... Like before, it was just I had my high, my FAC and, and, oh, yeah. and I thought nothing. And this is, as I'm going through high school... It actually was a form of discipline for me because it, it taught me that, you know, there's going to be, it's high school, there's always going to be someone that's going to bother you. You're going to run into problems because it's high school. Yeah. And yeah. it made me realize, it made me put up this little, little um, sense that I had to be good and no matter what the situation was. If yeah. approached me, I had to figure a way of getting, getting out of it without getting in trouble. Yeah. I want to keep my license. 
I didn't yeah. want to have a problem. And most of us firearms owners, we think of that situation. We we double think things better than other people because we have things to lose. Absolutely, absolutely. I've had I've had we I've had swing at people. You'll find that. Yeah, you show. know what? See now, you've you've just you've just repeated. Um, essentially what Brian, you know, expressed some time ago on a podcast. I was with podcast Brian and he, he said to me, he says, you know, um, being a firearm owner, you have to be on your best behavior at all times. So when you think that maybe you're going to get involved in something, you know, like, I mean, if somebody wants to start a fight with you and you walk away from that, I mean, like there's, you have to actually consciously think about the things that you don't want to lose, you know, and and it it really is a a wonderfully self-policing sort of measure because people invest money in it. And uh, then after, you know, a very short period of time, it probably becomes their lifelong passion. Um, You know, they're very proud of the things they buy. They work very hard to, to buy them. Um, so to have, you know, the government kind of swoop in and not really give people, um, you know, any good reason for the, for the wanting to take, uh, to take these firearms from, there really isn't any evidence to suggest there's going to be any improvement to public safety and the government, you know, for more, lack of a better term, they're forcing, uh, a confiscation. They want to call it a buyback, but the truth is, is you can't buy back something that's not for sale. I'm not. I'm Never not. Been for sale. I, yeah, you know what? They they. It can only be a buyback if they sold it to me. They did not, and I worked for it. I paid taxes on it. Uh, it's property of mine, and you know, I would make the argument that um, any form of compensation would be, uh, you know, uh, not enough. To it take, all sounds to, like a form of intimidation. They're not well, telling us what they want. They're not telling us what they're going to do. It's all like a secretive thing. They kind of have us living kind of in a sense that what are they going to do to us? They're well, wondering. And I you know, I, I think I think I think that it's important um, to always think worst case scenario, uh, just to ensure that you don't you know maybe miss. Uh, I misinterpret what uh, what comes next. Uh, you know, if if they're going to make a move on firearm owners, uh, there's there's a couple of groups I think need to be you know completely aware of you know the potential repercussions. If they decide to ban guns, then that means that you know police are going to be expected to enforce the law. And you know I've had my conversations with the uh, men and women of law enforcement. I've uh, done what I can to restore some of the damage. Uh, you know. Uh, relationships uh, between the firearm community and law enforcement. You know, I grew up in an environment uh, knowing that the police would be the ones that would take away your guns if you were lucky enough to have a license. And of course, when I was old enough, I got one and uh, it kept me out of a lot of trouble. And then, of course, I became a police officer, and I thought, you know, if if that doesn't keep me out of trouble, I'm, I because I, I really did want to keep my guns. And and podcast Brian and I had our dialogue about this. It, he really does see it as a moderating influence and in behavior, and that people, you know, tend to behave themselves um, in, in the interest of protecting their property. Now, you want to suddenly reach into their lives and take those things away from them. Uh, it, it would also take away uh, the moderating influence. And I think that you could potentially have a lot of people being feeling victimized uh, if there's any forced buyback, which podcast Brian would call confiscation by any other name. It is confiscation. Yeah. Well, we'll give it back to us and we're going to set the price. Give it back to us and uh, we won't have you charged. Right. Because, I mean, failure to comply with the law means you're you're in trouble. And of course, I I'll never forget Billy Blair talking to uh, Tracy Wilson, Ragataka, the CCFR. Oh, yeah. And he said he said there I have an expectation that that good Canadian citizens are going to follow the law. And I've always encouraged people to follow the law and I always will. And I can tell you right now that 
there's uh, you know there's a good chance uh, we've seen what's gone on in New Zealand. They've gotten a 15 percent compliance rate. Uh, they've they've also taken a lot of broken pellet guns. <laughs> you know, when those that are held up uphold the law, break the law. There really is no law to be yeah. upheld when they that's that's what they're looking at down there is because this is unfair to New Zealanders. Oh well, the, they didn't do anything. You know what? They, yeah, every it wasn't time, even every time someone goes see like when you mentioned that earlier that you know us firearms owners we we're kind of just we kind of take heart in when some when someone uses a firearm illegally because it makes us look bad. Yeah, it tarnishes our our. Everything it it, it turns our, our image look like it does. We yeah. look bad in everybody's eyes, you know. Uh, and now I understand what my my uh, Indian friend feels like when when something ha- as soon as there's a terrorist attack. Yeah. In a few days, he feels tension from people. Oh yeah. And us firearms owners, we've been feeling this tension. And we're, oh yeah. And it's not our fault. We uh, didn't, you know, don't blame us. I, I use that phrase, and for people that were up in Fed Up Rally One or Fed Up Rally Two, they know we yeah. said said, you know, don't blame us because it really isn't us. It's it's the criminal element that they can't get a focus on. You can make any laws, but. Only honest people follow the laws. Criminals don't follow the laws. It took a lock pissing course a long time ago. Yeah, and yeah. the instructor told us, I'm going to tell you one thing. Locks are only for the honest people. <laughs> and, that, and me, I'm a thinker. And I started thinking, you know, firearm laws are only for the honest people. It's true because no criminal that we know, you know. Yeah. It's, 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 you know, it's, it's very sad to see firearm owners painted into a corner, uh, you know. We don't uh, want to go in the closet. No, no. And I mean, there's security issues connected to firearm ownership. I, I always tell people, you know, be careful what you post online. I, if, you, if you're a firearm owner, I wouldn't recommend that you, um, you know, give away your location. Uh, you know, if you're going to broadcast, you have firearms. I mean, in the it's United like States. like owning a fine art collection. Yeah, no, yeah. You, you know, and, be careful. Yeah. And I, I think it's really important that people take the time to lock up their property carefully and, uh, you know, lawfully. Like they should have been originally. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Like, I mean, hey, like, yeah. it's, it's, you know, there are, there there are requirements uh, for storage here in Canada. They have to be stored in an unloaded state. Uh, a lot, I think a lot of people would uh, do well to understand that. In Canada, in addition to you know having a terrific system in place uh, to screen applicants, to certify applicants, um, you know, to, to qualify them to safely handle uh, these types of items. You know, uh, in addition to all those levels, uh, you know, like the people, the people that are using them are, are not committing crimes. Uh, they're not they're not involved in any way with the uh, violence, the gang related violence that we're seeing in our city streets. You know, it's 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 very uh, it's very unfortunate that firearm owners would be painted in that light even for a moment because they're the total opposite. They they really are uh, law abiding. Uh, they they have no interest in breaking the laws, and you know they tend to be really down to earth, great people. And you know they're hands on, and they're the reason why Canada has always done well when we've been called to wars in the past. Uh, looking at World War One and World War Two, uh, you know beyond that, you know Canadians have a a really great long history of supplying uh, its military with uh, good uh, men and women that can shoot guns. And I think that it's really important. Brian and I talked about this one, too. I think that it's really important that people understand um, that, you know, it's always important to have uh, a number of good people that 
know how to safely operate firearms. And the police are probably the most shining example of that. I mean, it's it's necessary uh, that police carry firearms. Now, there's people that are going to argue that, well, it's not necessary in all parts of the world. Uh, you know, the UK, uh, they have specialty teams that roam around. Uh, I would call them cleanup crews and uh, definitely not uh, the solution I would take uh, or approach rather I would take uh, to solving the issue of violence uh, around policing. I don't, I don't think it's fair to send police out without the benefit uh, of a sidearm. And, you know, so I would, um, I would always be supportive of that. Uh, you know, some people have argued that, you know, hey, if we're going to take away our guns, maybe the police should lose theirs too. I, I, you know, I've done what I can to repair the relations between, you know, the firearm community and, uh, and law enforcement. Uh, there's always going to be, of course, some tension. But for the most part, I, I'm seeing a lot of police officers that are very supportive of what we're doing. Oh, yeah. They're, they actually, you know, think about it. If you're a police officer, yeah. well, at one point when you're a police officer, didn't you feel comfortable knowing that there's a certain percentage out there of law-abiding firearms on that kind of keep the peace and keep the keep the the weave of the society. I, I love the idea of more good people with guns. I, I mean, like yeah, you better. know, uh, there was there were, there was a study that was conducted. Uh, I believe it was, I think it was back in uh, where was it? It was at the seventies, and uh, Brian provided me with a copy of it. It was a it was a study that the findings indicated that you know um, 95 percent of the population, um, you know that have access to firearms are, are good people and they could only add, uh, you know, as a benefit to, um, support, you know, the, uh, frontline police. And then this study, you know, it was very clear, uh, that it would be a supplementary, uh, unit should, should there ever arise a need for, uh, citizens to use firearms to assist police, um, that that would be an added benefit of good people being licensed uh, correctly uh, to be in possession of firearms. Like, I totally can get down with the licensing thing. I mean, I, anybody that thinks I'm pro-gun and I believe that everybody should be allowed to have a gun, I mean, uh, some of our American listeners would probably go buck wild right now. But, I mean, I don't think everybody should have access to a gun. Some people are not... You know, smart enough to operate a toaster oven. I, I don't, I don't Those think. Those don't qualify. Yeah, you know, Need like not apply. Yeah, you know what? Like, I mean, hey, every, it's it's every man's God-given right. I know there's somebody screaming from a high chair someplace in the U.S. right now, and you know, like, hey, uh, yeah, I get it. You guys are different, and uh, when I say that, I say that with nothing but love and admiration. We wish we had your two-way. I'd stand on that thing. I'd say it's it's. There's no way we're changing it. Uh, everybody has the right. You know, to defend themselves, and uh, you know, there should always be, you know, uh, 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 an ability for the people to bear arms to strike down an oppressive government, and that—that's so deeply Only ingrained. Politicians for armed citizens. That's yeah, that sticker says that. I you know, know, like I get, like for all the Americans out there, I'll switch gears for a second and say, like, yeah, you got it going on. I mean, like, it's really important. I'm, I'm, I am commending you on your uh, exercising total restraint as you watch the Democrats down there acting like completely retarded like and anybody out there wants to get down on me for using the term retarded I'm from the 80s I don't give a shit uh, it's really important you understand that like acting like complete retards like if you would just let the man like I, we're going to talk about Trump for a second because our American listeners I don't give them enough attention I, I, right, I, and I want to I want to talk to everybody out there and that wants to criticize me for this I like Trump 
I, you know what? And and I, I don't consider myself a Trump supporter, but I like Trump. He's I like him. He's, right? he's he's a he's a businessman. Like business. He's you know what? If you were if you were a multimillionaire, uh, your entire life, you know, if you were a successful businessman, you got a reality TV show that called Fire with these firing people. Well, what right? what are we left with uh, for politicians? We're left with lawyers, yeah. and businessmen. Well, what other choices do we got? Well, we, don't, we can't put a clergyman in there. Oh no, I, we don't know what you know. What are we gonna <laughs> what are we gonna put in there? What what else are we gonna let steer this country? or our countries. Mm. And I don't think we need a Second Amendment. I think it should just be common sense that no one, you know, I've never lived in with a loaded gun around the house thinking someone's going to break into my house or someone's going to invade I like, my house. I like I the never, fact. I never lived like that. But now I've got this fear that somebody from Trudeau's uh, Trudeau's group is going to come knock on my door and ask for my firearms. Oh, it's like, uh, pardon? Brings me full circle. I, I, I'm confused here. I, I was like, what? Like, I don't know if Trudeau thinks that most of Canada is stoned and they're just going to do whatever, we, whatever is going to do whatever they want us to do. Like, I don't understand where the mentality is coming from. I'm trying to figure it out. Like, like, I don't know. What other way can I say? Kaminga, what are you doing? Oh God, you're Sorry, getting I had to you're, be you're, Italian. It yeah. came out. It's weird. Oh, oh my! But, you know what I mean? Like, what kind of mentality is that? Like, I had to call him and sing Bella Ciao to him. I oh, don't I... understand. <laughs> he doesn't get it. You know, I woke up this morning. I found the invader. He happened to be my own politician. Yeah, he's you... trying to turn my country around. He's trying to. I don't know if he's trying to we... bankrupt this country. I don't know if he's like his pop. I don't know what the story is, but I just don't like the smell. Well, of it. you know what? Yeah, it's not roses. We all know it's not roses. I don't know why we're digesting it we are not you know the ex-cop the well the ex-cop in me is 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 definitely seeing it for you know what it is like i mean he looks he looks like he's trying to flush the economy down the toilet i'm sure they'll label this somehow hate speech in the future with the liberal move to try and control the media <laughs> but yeah if you didn't hear that one that was a beauty right so this guy gets up on uh you know on stage and says well he's talking to a reporter who's interviewing him and says yeah you'll have to get a license it'll be a government approved license and yeah you know what yeah the criteria will be different for you know smaller news organizations, but in order to deliver the news, you should have a license. Okay, and yes, who did, comrade. Yeah, and, and I mean, like basically, well, that's kind of like you know, <clears throat> state, state, you know, <laughs> controlled news. I don't know if you've been around. Bias now, you try to. Well, you know, if you if if you've been around over the last, you know, I don't know. 80 years or so, communism is not necessarily a good thing. I'm sure there's, you know, some kid out there right now that's saying, what's he talking about? And I, I would tell you that communism is a very scary thing. And in principle, it sounds great. And in, in university, they say everybody's equal. You don't have to do anything. Well, you know, everybody's the same. Nobody, Nobody's rich. Nobody's poor. What they don't tell you is, is that socialism historically, when I say historically, I mean every single time it's been tried, it ends in tragedy. And I mean, you can sit there and say, well, it works for, you know, some small countries uh, that that have adopted it. They started from a different place and everybody was on board and that's not the case here. And, and I mean, there's reasons for that. I mean, uh, socialism, socialism is so fucking dangerous, you know, when you look at potentially where it could go. And uh, like the coronavirus, this government doesn't seem to care about the potential dangers. Uh, you know, I see them taking a pretty relaxed approach to, you know, how we kind of wave on people through. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a little nerve wracking to know that they would kind of shed you know, any concerns uh, of potential danger so easily. And, you know, definitely, uh, you know, with that coronavirus, 
you know, when that when that came out, uh, you know, I heard all the rumors, bat shit. I like it's crazy. You know, people eating live mice. Maybe that's how it happened. Whatever the case may be, you know, you got your tinfoil hat thinkers. They're all over the, uh, you know, the, the viruses uh, being generated by governments and you know Canadian government sending this that. I mean, what what what's really happening? Who the hell knows? Uh, I, I do know though that uh, it's probably a bad idea to just wave flights through. Like, I mean, if you've got a potential uh, quarantine situation and you've got a, an unfriendly regime, you know, involved. Uh, when they build a hospital in 10 days, did you see that? They built they built a hospital in like something like 10 days, like a whole hospital, yeah. but I, like I've seen pictures, I don't know if this is real or not, but I've seen pictures of bars on windows uh, at the hospital, so like, I mean that, that you know, these separate individual rooms, it looks, it looks like a, a jail type setting. I, I think that maybe, you know, um, we'd have to confirm that, but I mean <laughs> ultimately, uh, you've got to be concerned about a government that has a long history of, you know, uh, human rights abuses. Well, what happened to Leonardo da Vinci? Because he was so intelligent, they locked him up. Is that true? Yeah. No, see, I didn't know that. I'm, I'm a whitewash Italian. You know that. Yeah. I, I, I speak I speak food. Mortadella, provolone. That's it. That's it. My Nona's rolling over in her grave right now. She'd be sitting there saying, saying, oh, yeah, you did good. You did good. Allora, come on. You know, let's go. You know, andiamo. I was that kid that hid behind the couch because I didn't want to miss Saturday morning cartoons. You know, my mother came looking for me to send me off to Saturday Italian school. Yeah, Italian school. Remember, remember Saturday Italian school? They send you off to um, a class that would run during peak Saturday morning cartoons. And I mean, Saturday morning cartoons back in the 70s, oh, you know, something else, yeah. and 60s, you know, like that stuff would not air well today. Like, I mean, when I look, when I look back at what was acceptable then and what's acceptable now, oh, yeah, I, things are totally different. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, there was there was a moment, you know, <laughs> there was a moment where I'm watching like some, you know, old school cartoons and, you know, you see a, a character goose stepping out dressed like Hitler. <laughs> and you realize you're in a different cartoon. You're, oh, band. Yeah, like you they find them in the band. In the band cartoons list. list. If you go on uh, YouTube and, and you see the silly stuff, you see the Bugs Bunny ones where he was actually making fun uh, when they were actually trying to, you know, trying to tell people that you know the the Nazi element was bad and they were making oh, yeah. fun. And there were some ones that they're banned. You can't see them, but you can see them on YouTube. And they're actually pretty funny because they were trying to say, hey, those guys are bad. We're gonna be good. And we're gonna go take care. Of oh them. yeah, yeah. Oh, there was there was always there was always a theme you know the, the nazis were bad guys and i'm sure that if you were in you know nazi germany the americans probably got painted up to be you know the bad guys i guess history kind of remembers it the way people write it you know and every country has their version their romanticized version of events uh i could tell you i don't know uh, i don't know what people are going to say about this leadership you know, we had Justin Trudeau. Uh, That's not leadership. What leadership? Yeah, I know. Seen leadership? Yeah, no, no not not really. No, well, when it shows up, budget. Let's when it when it when it balance itself. When it decides happen. not to take a family day or you know it's umpteenth vacation at, at the taxpayers' expense. I mean, I don't know when you get when you get leadership to show up and then not answer questions. I invite everybody to watch the parliamentary sessions. If you want to see the most interesting tap dance on the planet, watch parliamentary sessions. Uh, the Q and A. Well, our drama teacher didn't even show up for the debate, didn't he? Didn't he like? Oh, he was the mate. Yep. He only like, had he only had to show up for one debate. I don't get this. Wait, I want to I want to pass this <laughs> on to everybody. Yeah. In November, like election time. Yeah. Right. He wasn't fearing for his job at all. Did he look like he was scared? Oh no. His dad won so many elections in a row. Do you think it's fixed? <sighs> 
you know, what? You know I, like, I always like to spark questions. You got to thank our yeah. old buddy George Carlin for this because he taught me to question everything. Sure. Don't digest everything because some of it is bullshit. You don't want to digest bullshit because it don't taste good. You know, that's... Once you got it in your mouth, you actually taste it, you realize. Because some of this stuff, our drama teachers running here is just deplorable. Like, you think about giving money to certain countries that he... Like, the guy was a drama teacher, folks. Like, I mean, if you yeah, want to... qualifications did he have? Like, other people were lawyers. Like, well, think of Harper and other people that we... That some people don't love. But, hey, they, they were qualified. What qualified... Like, if this guy came to me for a job... And he showed me his resume. I'd go. I, okay, I so, don't want to say the. So no, no. Wanna, I'll say it in a time. Not fun going. Get so, out of here. Yeah. So you don't belong here. No. You know what? So how did he become what he is today? Well, put him there. Well, the promise of marijuana uh, was big in a lot of people's what minds. Well, that, that was one. That was one thing. Two. Um, and, I, and I think, I think I once heard. Um, uh, what's his name there? Oh God, it's I can't believe Jordan Peterson. Uh, it almost escaped me. Jordan Peterson once uh, commented and said Trudeau uh, rode on the coattails of his, his father's father. last name. Yeah. And, and, you know, that was a name that, you know, uh, people recognized. And I, I think that it's it's abundantly clear that uh, he was not qualified to do this job. Uh, perhaps he was qualified to be an actor because uh, God no, knows. he's even a terrible actor. Uh, you know, well, none of us believe him. Yeah, well, no. They don't like his makeup and don't like his dancing well, and don't like his eyebrows. Yeah, you know, whatever whatever <laughs> whatever you may think, you know, Sorry, the, I, the eyebrows. I'm just trying to be The eyebrows. Trying to, you, trying to add this little spice. You know what? Stop. Like, why not? Stop feeding the tin foil guys man don't feed the trolls <laughs> well, i know they're out there i just like this one yeah. no no you got you got to sand the wood to see the grain right okay so so wait well, hold on let's 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 do quick quick uh overview so yeah so they're driving the economy into the ground uh we've damaged relations with the united states so badly that i think that they they're starting to view us as a security threat potentially uh, you know, the, the God knows, for whatever reason, this um, Canadian government seems to think it's wise to invite known convicted terrorists back into the country. I don't know who, I don't know who in their right mind. Well, how it benefits a country. Well, who who in their right mind would think about inviting back uh, into the country uh, a known terrorists? You know, like, who would have thought that would be a good idea? Like, I think any common sense. A person would would not invite someone uh, known to engage in terrorist acts, and I mean, we're talking about killing people. To invite that back into our country and let it roam around, and I mean, I don't, I don't trust this government to be responsible enough to watch, uh, you know, my 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 eight year old nieces. All right, the idea that they're going to watch, you know, a, a multitude of. Um, you know, known terrorists that are invited to come back into the country or accepted back in the country. I mean, this whole, you know, Canadians are Canadians, Canadian. Look, once once you get to the point where you're killing people and you're engaging, you know, in that practice, it's probably not a good idea to let them back into the country. And you don't got to be a racist to think that. You don't have to be a bigot to think that. It has nothing to do with being Muslim. Um, If you've got known violent uh, offenders, uh, you know, who are engaging in the most heinous of crimes, uh, being, you know, participating, you know, amongst these groups to allow them to 
come back to Canada and to roam free. It has nothing to do with uh, racism or discrimination. Just in my point, thinking. it's just yeah, like like you know what? I, like as an ex police officer, I think it's a it's a it's a fucking nightmare to allow uh, known. Like I mean, we should be working very hard. There, I'm sure there's a lot of people we don't know about that we should be trying to find. I, I think that we should take the ones that we do know about and not allow them to return to the country. I mean, we've already one well, is to plainly will tell you right like direct that the, the people that I that are friends of mine that I've known yeah. in that community yeah uh, that flaunt it they yeah they don't abide our laws they don't care about our well he you says know. it he says that he, we're on the highway and he's doing like about 170 I go uh, that sign says he says that's just a sign a sign can't stop me <laughs> Yeah. And I'm like, what? And he says, well, your laws, your laws are full or yeah. fools. That's yeah. I, their mentality is that, that I am me and I'm going to be who I am wherever I am in this world. And well, that's what he told me. And, I, and I'm like, well, you can't drive at that speed. I said, I, I, I want to get let out right here because you're the type of driver that I don't tolerate. Oh, yeah. Like, don't, don't, I, I get that. I see one blow by me like that and I get this hypersensitivity to order thinking that guy should slow down before he hurts somebody but I can't do nothing because I am what a citizen yeah right well, and I really can't do anything but you think of the, the mentality he has that he's just going to do whatever he wants you know he says eh, okay I'll say this I know I shouldn't say this but this is going to spill out somewhere maybe someone will tell you this but he says I've got the white man's mind and the black man's dick and I'm going to fuck everybody. That's what he told me. Wow. He has all these businesses and all these scams and all this other stuff, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just like, wow. There, I, there's, you know, there, I, I was putting surveillance cameras in this gentleman's businesses mm-hmm. and that's what he was doing for him. I was doing it at a good, and he was telling me some of these business secrets and some of the stuff in the Western Union things and all the different things yeah. and all the, and it was, it's just hard to digest that that kind of thinking is going to prevail. Well, you know, I think the onus falls on us to elect a government that we can uh, trust. And I say that kind of with a half straight face. Uh, I think it's really important that everybody, and I talked about this uh, with several uh, people very close to me, very intelligent uh, political minds, and discussed the uh, possibilities. Uh, Once we have an elected leader, we throw our entire weight behind that person. Uh, We're definitely uh, getting on board with a conservative movement here at the Canadian Gum Vault. I can tell you right now uh, that there is uh, absolutely no way in your right mind you're ever going to convince me that uh, Maxime Bernier and the PPC did anything more than hand over a number of ridings to uh, our opponents. And, you know, I've heard it's as many as 15, but uh, that would have made an enormous difference. You know, 15 more voices not over on that campsite of the playing field. And to instead, you know, I want to make people fully aware of something. This uh, alienation of the uh, West is so blatant, it's so obvious. It, like, I mean, nobody's that stupid. I mean, they're definitely moving forward with uh, what I think are damaging uh, efforts uh, to uh, kill the economy and the oil industry and the energy sector out west. So this movement is growing, this Wexit movement. Uh, and i am been growing increasingly concerned. As much as I love the idea of Alberta becoming, you know, its own separate country, I'm uh, preparing to move there. <laughs> 
you know, if most they, of us right, right, uh, are going to be welcome <laughs> because you know when a country doesn't trust us with our firearms, how are we going to trust them with our country? So uh, like politicians, if I, you know. I tell, I'll tell you right now, if I move to Alberta, I'm going to park my tent right next to. I would, actually, it's going to be right on this property. Big Wyatt Singer from Maccabee Defense. I'm going to be up. <laughs> yeah. on, I'm going to be I'm right that big beaver, <laughs> big beaver tooth skull up just, on, just, all around the no trespassing just, signs. Your just, range, right? Just put me in the barn with the horses, and you know what? I could sleep there. I I love that place. Well, I seen you in the top hat, and you look pretty dashing. You know cowboy what? Hat? Well, that's going to be something. He's else. our modern cowboy, Wyatt uh, Shay. I mean, they, they're just such great people. Uh, a little well, she bit. could meet those people. Yeah, little baby people. gunner. You, you'll get a chance one Sam day, I'm sure. Man's got to go out there and go visit. The yeah, you know what? Probably get along. Probably won't want to come back either. I, oh, it's beautiful out there. Oh, you get so you know, it's so welcoming. Everybody's welcoming. Big you know, you drive by somebody and they wave. Yeah. No, they're not crazy. They're just friendly. Yeah. You <laughs> know what? Like, the, the, why is everybody waving at you, buddy? He goes, uh, do you know those people? No, it's just how it is out here. That's, you know what? It's amazing. You uh, don't see somebody for so many miles. Of course you're going to wave. Hey, country it's pe- not just the Jeep thing. Well, see, I call them country people. I don't care if you're offended. I like country people are just so, so very different. And they're you know, open keys in the ignition, you know? Well, you know, don't well, well, you know, we encourage everybody to bring their keys inside and lock their doors just in case. I mean, I, it's a sad day, you know, I'm sure in a lot of, uh, a lot of neighborhoods and communities, it, you know, the day that they have to lock their doors uh you know it's going to be a sad day for them i can tell you that a lot of canada is totally honest uh, some people would take advantage of that but we encourage everybody to lock their stuff up and when i say that i mean eh, times are changing you know we're definitely seeing uh, more and more crime uh you know some people would argue it's going down but i mean you know locking your doors seems like the minimum you could do to insulate yourself from you know potential harm and uh definitely you know the firearm community again is uh you know extra special careful with this you know like there's always going to be people that slip and there's certainly going to be some people that mess up but uh you know for the most part by and large firearm owners lock up their property uh, in an unloaded state and don't access it until they're ready to use it and uh, i can tell you right now that you know our storage laws are so much different you know, then... Uh, well, I was kind of safe. I was always using a safe back then. Cause yeah. I, I bought them. I wanted to keep them. I don't want them in the wrong hands because I would really feel bad if they were in the wrong hands because yeah. you know how dangerous they are. Yeah. We use them for fun and that's about it. There's yeah. no negative side to us, you know. I've worked in the movie industry and had to promote the negative side to firearms. And now that I'm on this side, I'd like to promote the positive side. And I'd like to take as many people out shooting, introducing, like I said, popping the chair. I'd like to do that as in 2020. That's my, my sole goal is to turn more people over to the positive side and tell them that they can get their license. I have so many yeah. people ask me, hey, can I get my license? But then they, I never hear from them again, mm. right? Because some of them are slow. Well, my friend on the bicycle getting chased by Barry, he's getting his PAL. For he's get, but, he's, but, he's but, you getting know, one. Because people don't see a necessity for it. But I'm telling people, get your PAL. Actually, go for your restricted test because... It's better to have it, not need it, than need it, not have it. Good words from old Johnson Bro from a long time ago. I've read that before. And, uh, you know, it, you see those stickers. You see people wearing T-shirts, like, you know, our other friends that on the back say, you know, the, the, when firearms are, when guns are outlawed, only outlaws will have guns. Well, that's true. I've seen criminals, that saying. Criminals I've still seen only saying. have that, right? Yeah. Still only, that's their element. They think, they're not going to buy by no laws. And and we know that. You know, when, when you can go to a pool hall and pick up a, you know, pick up a firearm and, and, and go use it on the street with ease. There's nothing stopping those. There's nothing. And you can't tell me that they're afraid of the law. They're not afraid of the law. They picked that career. That's their job. That's what they like to do. 
and you know we can't keep screaming get off our lawn yeah it's 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 really unfortunate but i think the investments that have to be made in our communities to curb uh violence and gang-related violence involving firearms and mental health so more mental mental absolutely you look at most of these problems and we because we do have some of we we've seen this before we see a sign that says you know in the 60s and 70s you know some schools like there is a there is a the gun club that is in a school. You walk up north. Oh yeah. And I think it's. I'm trying to think of the name now. There were a lot of schools that had gun gun ranges right built yeah, into gun the basement. Right in the school. Right in the school. And we ask ourselves, you know, what happened? Is it the medication? Is it the mindset? Is it the way we treat each other? Is it the lack of respect? Is civilization not so civilized anymore? What What's the question? Let's Let's sharpen this pencil. Let's yeah. find the problem, and then let's write the laws accordingly. If we want to write a law. Mm. Analyze it. Find out what's wrong. Let, let's get, you know, let's put it under a microscope and let's go, well, what's the element? Let's stop yeah. it. You know what I mean? Yep. If there's fires happening in, in your home, find out, is it electrical? Is it, you know what? Yeah. Find out what the problem is and deal with it. It's the only way it's going to get dealt with. Any of these other laws are just like blowing a whistle. They're really just, they just make sounds that no one listens to. Well, you know, you know what? I, I am 100% completely supportive. Every time, every time now, I get excited. Every time I see a firearm in the news uh, that's been seized, where the police have done a raid, yes, right? I, th- I think another one off person. the street. Yeah, and you know what? There was a time when I used to cringe and I'd say, Ah, uh, you know what? Like I see a gun. Trudeau, you want to get gutsy? You want to get ballsy with this? And you want to you want to do something? You want want some effect? Why don't you send some undercover guys out there to buy these guns off the street so we? Yeah, take the money. Worried. Yeah, take the yeah. money and go out and buy the under buy. In buy back, yeah, buy back yeah, the yeah. I, not I, I really think I really think that we that's well. You know what? You yeah. would, some people might start to like you. I know. I, I know. know I feel walking around not being loved, Trudeau. But you know, you you know what? <laughs> you and. And we just got labeled hate speech. No, you know, <laughs> oh, it's not Avon, is it? Oh, dang. <laughs> oh no, right? No, you know what? I, I think it's I think it's really important that people understand that we're supportive of our fire uh, firearm, our, our law enforcement communities. We want to see the money go oh, yeah. uh, to a much better cause. I really do believe that that you know buying back guns that are never going to be used in crimes is the most ridiculous concept I've ever heard. Uh, you come up with a a wonderful alternate, uh, you know, to send our brave men and women uh, in law enforcement out there to buy back the illegally smuggled the guns. Get it off. Yeah, like I mean, like just take that money and put it over there. These people don't want to sell them anyway. They're just going to be a lot of trouble. Why don't we buy back the illegal guns? I would like to see how fast we could do that. I think it'd be really an improvement to public safety if we could get the guns that are being used in the crimes off the street. Yeah, I'd like these drug dealers to know that a firearm is not their insurance policy. Yeah, like you, you know, just because you're in that field and you're making money on it, you know, and you, the get rich quick or die. They were doing it. They, they were they were doing that. it. They were doing it without firearms. Uh, the frequency of events we're seeing now, uh, you know, what can we chalk that up to? I don't know. I mean, there, I'm sure there's a number of contributing factors, uh, but we do live right next door to the largest gun store in the world, and that makes it kind of difficult, uh, you know, to, to control our borders. Uh, I don't. I don't want to. You know, after I said it, like Trump, I don't want to say build the wall, but like I mean, we've got to do what we can. We have the largest unprotected border in the world, I think, you know, is is the Canadian uh, border. 
you know, running along the top of the northern USA, uh, which, by the way, you know, we love watching what goes on in your politics down there. Uh, we have our own problems to deal with up here, and uh, certainly we've got some troubles coming up. Uh, I touched on Max Bernier uh, for a moment uh, a few minutes ago, but I want to say that I've seen Max resurfacing. He's resurfaced online. Some people would argue he never really went away, but I've seen him resurfacing online now, and I can't help but smell an election coming. You smell what? An, ele- an election coming. An election coming? Yeah, I well, can't. because you think of the non-confidence? Well, we've got no confidence in him. Well, you know what? Why is it, why is it all of a sudden? I, I'll tell you. I saw PPC voters that I am 100% personally convinced were paid for trolls. All right, they have been well, sent problems, yeah, to agent, cause problems. Agent descent, we yeah, call that, right? yeah, and you know, if you can, if you can imagine, you know, what a spy would look like, um, you know, digitally, uh, there are people that would come in and among our ranks in an effort to cause dissension, and, I, and the numbers got crunched, and they determined that the PPC vote could bleed away one and a half to three and a half percent of the votes away from conservatives and could hand those ridings over, the ones that were close, hand those ridings over to the liberals, and, and, and if we don't vote very carefully this next election, we could have a real problem. And I think well, that that's it's a problem. I don't think enough of us went out there and voted. I think a lot of us relied on the other guy to do it. No, no. I, I mean, well, you, you know what? Maybe guys, a lot of us guys that that were that wanted that you know want a freer life or want a better life, don't want to be put under this regime again. Like he, I, I don't understand how we how he continues to do what he allows to do. Like, we t- know what he did for that Lavalin affair uh, to save jobs there, but why isn't he saving jobs out west? What is what is out west? Well, it never seems... It, it, well, you know, first of all... For, well, hold on, hold on. First of all, it's important that he has to remember Alberta first before he can start to worry about them. Uh, you know, if you if you didn't watch the famous ceremony where he mentions every he mentions every province but Alberta, Alberta? And he, he's, he's like he's like yeah, you found he, he's, like, he, he's like he's like he's like he's like singing out the names of the provinces, all the provinces at this at what what appears to be like a, a you know a large event, and you know with every with every province that comes out of his mouth, you know he's saying he's saying British Columbia. There's a, you know there's a roar right, you know, and Newfoundland and Labrador. And he, he's singing out these names, but he conveniently forgets Alberta. <laughs> right? I, I, I think I think that's the way it went, but I'm not I'm not I'm not too sure. But I think I think Albertans should have known at that point that maybe there was going to be a problem. I think all thy sons in Alberta are going to come in. <laughs> yeah, you know you got yeah, you got you got Michelle Rumpel out there. You know she's doing a great job speaking up. Uh, you know she's not my first choice, um, although she has reluctantly uh, expressed that. There's some possibility uh, that she does not exclude uh, the potential for her to put forward her name uh, for leadership if they want proper representation out there in, in Alberta. Yeah, you know, she's uh, she's a fighter. Uh, I think she's a wonderful lady. Uh, she recently got married. If she's listening, congratulations. Uh, you know, you're doing a oh, great job. Congratulations. Yeah, she's yeah. yeah, you know what? She's, she's, she's great. She's just a little tiny thing. I, I've had an opportunity to get close to her. I shook her hand once. I was at, um, uh, was it TACCOM? 
I was at the TACCOM event, and I saw just out of the corner of my eye at the last second, yeah. as she, I was at a table, and she, or, or a booth, rather, and she, she, she came around behind me, and I caught her out of the corner of my eye, and I looked, and I couldn't help but turn around and shake her hand and thank her for everything that she was doing. It's hard work, man. Thank yeah. You know, it takes a lot you of know, to stand up to a government like this. Yeah, and, and so I had, I had an opportunity to speak to her for all of a split second. I would love to have a conversation with her again. Uh, I'd love to have her on the show, give her an outlet, perhaps. I'd like to take her out shooting. Uh, you'd love to take her out shooting. She's a shooter, and uh, she's she's an AR-15 yeah. owner, yeah. and uh, we love that about you, Michelle. Uh, you're you're definitely one of our favorite uh, members of Parliament. Uh, you know, we're we're gonna have to wrap up here, Sam. I'm just looking at the time, and I'm thinking I want to do one last thing before we go. Okay. Yeah, we're gonna yeah, let right. that rip. All right. I, you, are we gonna do that? Yeah. Okay. We're all right. Do that. So, folks, I'm gonna I'm gonna explain to you something. I'll put some pictures of uh, of it up on our Instagram page soon. But um, what what Sam has acquired, and, and Sam's uh, a pyrotechnics expert, and he is qualified certainly to operate all kinds of things that regular people are not. And uh, he he shows me what looks to be um, a vintage World War Two World War Two mm-hmm. uh, crank detonator. And it, it looks oh, it, the blasting machine. The blasting it, machine it says right on the top in the patent. Yeah, it, you know. It, so, so if you can imagine this metal flask, right? It looks like a like a very short, wide like flask, and connected to the top of it is this uh, plunger. Right, it's a T-bar style plunger that you twist to generate the charge. And of course, Sam, um, Sam has bought this. I, 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 this will get use with the cannons, won't it? Yes. Well, okay, cool. Because um, yeah, but it's World War II vintage. World it's II. yeah, and and on the bottom, on the bottom, it says uh, Canadian Explosives Trade. Okay. CXL Mark Limited, and it's it's Made got this. CAL. Yeah, you know, and uh, what a, what a cool part of uh, you know history, just to hold it. It's got a real weight to it. I, I love magnetos in there. There's magnets. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. and and I can feel be spark proof. So it's brass. Well, you know what, and and I and I love the idea of of operating this thing. Um, you know what. If you do, you have another cord? Like, would you? Yep. Yeah. Do you want? Do you want to? Do you want to burn another cord? Because I'd love to just yeah, describe we'll this. Cord. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, then you know what? I'll. Uh, We're I'll, gonna do it during the podcast. Or? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'll stop. I'll stop the machine, and then uh, we'll start it up again in a second. So, so, so go ahead. T- tell, tell me, tell me, what is more, it? More wows out of my other plain Jane that just looks like a cylinder cannon that I made, the stainless steel one. Then I do this one here that I prettied up. I know you guys can't see this. How do you, how did they describe it in the radio days? I don't know. <laughs> well, I walked into it, the room. It's, 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 it's a, it's a, it's a stainless steel mortar, right? But it's beautifully machined and like that. Is it, oh, does it go? I get with my other one. For some reason, the other one just gets more walls. I think it's the sound. This is a bigger bore and everything. Yeah. Yeah. I think the sound the other one makes, the, the, the way it shakes the ground is better. All right. Well, hold on. I'm I, now for those of you that are uh, just tuning in. Now we've uh, started the podcast again. Sam has been kind enough to give me a uh, brief demonstration of uh, how this World War II uh, detonator works. And so, of course, he's gone into his magical box uh, of uh, goodies, and <laughs> I'm I'm always uh, thrilled to be in Sam's company. 
when he starts to dig through a box because it means he's going to bring something out that I'm just going to be fascinated with. But I'm holding in my hand this uh, Canadian-made, you know, detonator. What, did, what, did, what was it called again? It has, it has an, the blast, what is it? Something blaster? Blasting machine. The blasting machine. And it, it, it looks, it looks like it's right out of Saving Private Ryan, uh, with that chain connecting uh, the plunger, and it, it comes, it comes out of the uh, housing. It's really cool. So, Sam now has gone into his treasure trove. I'm, I'm, yeah, probably, but but you know. Well, yeah, maybe, yeah, we'll do a second take. We'll do we'll do one for the uh, the Instagram and Facebook crowds, and uh, but we'll do this one in audio. I always like letting people get their uh, their jollies here first, and the uh, and the podcast. Uh, you know, like this is so cool. I'm holding this thing in my hand, and I'm having visions of you know uh, recon groups, you know, and, and or special forces in uh, in those times. You know, the elite groups going to. Uh, destroy some things like i mean it 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 would have been a horrible time to be alive in so many ways and yet uh, how cool is that what a great history you know i'm sure connected to this piece i'm looking forward to seeing it work so what do you got there i foil platform to make it safe okay all right so we all right yep there we go all right so taking all necessary precautions sam now has uh produced uh, a safe spot to do this in and now yeah, we should be videoing this we should be because you know just to hear this is one thing to see it is something else okay all right easier. well then you know what hold on i can i yeah. can i can oh, i can multi i can multitask hold on you know what like I, I, i'm yeah you know what we can do both I, there's no reason why we can't People do that be missing, huh? well you know what okay so let me just figure out where I left my phone. Oh, there it is, right there. I didn't even bother to turn the ringer down. It's been a quiet day. Quiet on the set. Quiet on the set. Although, if you if you hear my new ringtone, you'll love it. All right, so I'm going to uh, now initiate some video. And uh, we're going to be watching Sam. All right, so... Here we go. So Sam now has uh, produced this really cool um, World War II era detonator, you know, and it was made in Canada. And it weighs it weighs a ton. It's really cool. We're talking World War II. So show me how show me how that fits in there. Yeah. All right. So it's got this plunger on the top that fits in, and then in order to make it go, you 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 crank it. All right, so and that <laughs> you know, and that generates uh, an electric charge. Okay, so show me how show me how this thing works there. Okay, you strip the ends. Yeah. You pull them apart. You keep one wire out that way, always to be safe. Put a little bit of a hook on it. Tighten it down. Make sure it's nice and tight. Make sure the ends don't touch. Keep them away. Put a little bit of a bend in the wire. Put it in place. Okay. Make sure it's tight. Make sure the wires are not nice and tight. On three. The end is here. Okay. 
Okay. That's the E match there. Okay, and so, all right, so. Three. One, two, and three. <laughs> that is so cool. That is so neat. Seeing you just like twist that and that. Now that would cause a detonation for your can yeah. for your cannon. You may even just see a spark if I do it like this. No, you don't. No, it's already done. Okay, well, so Here, so. Uh, you know what? I, you're such a smart <laughs> ass. Battery. I can't. I can't friends do all three. Me. The friends you have, Mark. All right, be on the, be on the lookout for this podcast. All right, I'm going to turn off my phone. And I'm going to tell you that that was actually one of the coolest experiences. Hold on, I'm going to get, I'm going to pass you your mic. Got uh, got some great video. Um, we'll, we'll post it on. Uh, on Instagram and on Facebook, but uh, what what a cool unit! What a device! Isn't that neat? That that is so neat. You're gonna love it this summer. You know, yeah. You know what? Cannon season's coming. I think I should uh, ask some of these rangers if I can do a traveling cannon show. They might like that. Ooh. Allow people to come fire it and say on certain dates. Maybe we should Ooh. set something like that up. I think people would like that. Maybe even uh, a wooden pirate ship to shoot at or something. Oh, that That'd would be, be fun, cool. Eh? Okay, you know what? You wow, these all, ideas just keep coming, eh? You are always fun to do. Better with. than a whorehouse in Texas. But, <laughs> But I can't. That is just keep coming. But I can't take you anywhere. <laughs> you know what? Everywhere we go, we cause problems, buddy. Making friends. <laughs> Making friends. Anyway, Sam, uh, that's about hey, all know, the time we well, have. Some people walk through life, you know, making friends everywhere they go. Some people simply walk through life. You know what I choose. Sam, drop. More you people, the better. Dropping pearls of wisdom on us, Sam. Sam, I I want to thank you so much uh, for being on the show. You never uh, fail to produce. One thing I have to remind everybody. What's that? My dad taught me this. I like to spread this. It's better to have a heart full of friends like yourself and everybody else that I have as friends in this world. You know, brass loving brunette and everybody else that cherishes me as a good friend. Yeah. And, and you know, Amanda Mayhew, all those good people, every people out there in the world in our firearm community. <laughs> we love you. I love you. And my dad said it's better to have a heart full of friends than a wallet full of money. Because you can count money, but you can always count on your friends. So don't forget that, guys. I like that. I like that a lot. I, I, I can't help but notice that all the friends that you mentioned are female. <laughs> They're all good-looking oh. girls, too. You know what? Oh, you know, <laughs> you know, no, no. Tony, you know, I'm just walking them in like Tracy Wilson oh. and uh, Kid Pistola. Oh, and, you know, okay. You're throwing the token Kid Pistola in there got, now. Oh, <laughs> we have to in there. Gave on if you're mild. got to be in there, too. You know, all our brothers. You know, we got uh, Jungle Carbine <laughs> brother. You know, all of us. And you even know, the brothers oh, that aren't oh, around with us anymore oh, that have yeah. passed away, we carry, we carry their spirit to the range every day so uh, not you to know be what? forgotten we, either you know what i mean you, we got seth we got you know we got doug miller we got all the good people we carry around with us you know absolutely you know we've lost people that made our fire community something else yeah. we've lost a lot of good members this year uh you know every one of them a cherished soul uh that i knew and uh, i can tell you right now that the firearm community is filled with the most amazing people in the country folks uh definitely spread this uh, podcast around if you enjoyed listening to us uh, friendlier than a hockey game you know coming to a range is friendlier than a hockey game and friendlier than a football game there's no violence just 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 fun that you've never had before so come try it yeah you know what i'm gonna encourage Don't everybody deny you try it yeah you know, i'm gonna encourage everybody uh to get out there and uh, if you have a friend that uh shoots firearms and you've ever been interested please uh participate in that survey and uh, get a hold of your friends start up the conversation by telling them that you voted uh you know 
in favor of uh, doing something about this horrible government moving forward on our community. And, uh, you know, I want to see as many people out on the lines as possible over the course of the next month. I know it's the crappiest month of the year weather-wise for many communities, but if you can get your friends out shooting and uh, show them a good, safe time, I'm sure we can do what we can to change attitudes out there towards well, the Well, temperature uh, doesn't community. really matter once you're having fun. Yeah. Think of when you're skiing. Think of when you're tobogganing. Think of when you're doing that. When you're having fun, the cold really doesn't matter. Uh, I, I, I used to tell people I have my enthusiasm to keep me warm. We're Canadian. We're, yeah. we're not afraid of being well, out Well, see, Canadian, we got maple syrup in our blood so we don't freeze, right? <laughs> you know what? I'm always excited to have you on the show. Thank you so much, Sam, again, for being here with us. Hey, right. Wish everybody can be here with us. Yeah, definitely, definitely we'll going to be having you on again soon. Anyway, that's about all the time we have for tonight's episode. Don't forget to like and subscribe to us on YouTube and on Instagram. And as always, Canada, don't forget to shoot straight. Stay safe. And keep your powder dry.